Mrs. Olivia Buckley of Cherry Brook invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Craig Eagle. Today's highlights include Queen, Hooberstank and the Choir Boys. And in between that, at some point, we will be testing our fruit bazooka, finding out who's got the worst job in Australia. Axel Rose is going to bite me on the leg. It's all coming up. Well, get this. That's you too, Mysterious Ways here at Get This. Good morning, everybody. It's Triple M. It's myself, Tony Martin. It's Richard Marslin pushing the button. Top of the morning to you, Tony. Told us uh, last week he writes for Rove. Mm-hmm. Then I hear from Maddie in production, act in Rove. What were you doing this week? Who were you playing? Oh, no, I appeared in a, uh, in a desk piece. I was just in a photo for a, a, a fake... photo? A fake warning label. I had to listen right. to some relationship chat. But um, is it a Weir's Wally style deal? You're somewhere lurking on Rove every week? I do like to do that occasionally. Just, well, you know, what's have... been your favourite character? Uh, there was one where I had my back to the camera and I was one of those guys who was... It was basically a parody of Channel 9 News Low Budget because of all the job cuts. Yes. And I was the one... <laughs> Replacing the image up on the wall. It was a drawn image rather than a computerised one. I, Difficult to explain. I can see you playing Delivery Man 2 <laughs> in no time. But let's bring in our co-host around a fake applause for Craig Eagle. How are you, Craig? I'm very well, Tony. Thanks for having me in. Hello, Richard. How you doing? Now, look, we're going to get straight to the ugliness. And without getting too bitter about it, what the hell happened with that show of yours, Eagle and Evans, that was on the ABC? Well, it's nice that you referred to the program as Eagle and Evans as opposed to the uh, much maligned or... <laughs> Ill-fated, hey, Eagle and Evans? My programs are ill-fated. Hands off that label. Sorry. <laughs> Here's what I remember. I remember it sort of being advertised and then sort of coming on mm. like way after it was advertised yeah. and then being on for a couple of weeks and then being off again mm. and then coming on about a year later. Is that kind of what happened? Well, it was a masterstroke of genius from the ABC to pretty much try and sneak up on viewers with the program. <laughs> Just keep uh, them guessing. Yeah, keep them guessing. A moving target. Don't make it too obvious. Right. We don't want them to know it's on. <laughs> Um, let's just try and hide it and, uh, you know, launch it during the Olympics <laughs> when obviously no one cares about the Olympics. Someone told me it was playing on planes yeah. before it actually was on air. Yeah. Then the DVD came out like after only one episode had actually been screened. Yeah. <laughs> a masterstroke of uh, marketing there on the ABC department. Here's what a lot of people tell me about that show. They say, oh, the pot, because you and Dalen Evans, mm-hmm. who was Evans, um, did your own pilot. You did the brilliant thing of, you know, raising your own money and doing your own pilot. That's right. We got sick of sending scripts to people who would say, we don't understand it. Stop <laughs> doing that. The typing. Have you thought of maybe typing them? No, no, no. We just scribble on pizza boxes <laughs> like everyone does. And so, you know, so you did the pilot, but then, as I understand it, the ABC had some ideas of their own. Is that right? They did. Um, we pretty much wanted to do a uh, straight duo sketch show. Yeah. And they thought, no, no, no. Why don't you make it far too complex for people to understand? <laughs> this is what always happens. You get people who are sort of in charge, mm. but they're very insecure about mm. their own role. That's so right. they feel they have to contribute. That's right. So I remember when that show came out, there was Sandra Levy, one of the many idiots who's now no longer at the ABC. Oh, you mean lovely Sandra? Oh, hopeless. Mm. She was mm. the woman who thought Big Sky was a good idea, who thought mm. Fireflies was a good idea, but mm. Kath and Kim will never work and yeah. be sued yeah. to yeah. actually make it. Yeah. But she um, was quoted in all the papers is saying, well, what we've done is we've taken Eagle and Evans and they just wanted to do a sketch show and we've pushed them up to the next level. Mm. It's not a sketch show. It's not a sitcom. It's a skitcom. (laughs) 
And you're going, no, 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 no. Where, where does the idea come that 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 we haven't that we've mastered sketch comedy? Yeah. That we need to go to the next level. There's yeah. just so many brilliant sketch comedy shows that the whole concept needs improving. My concern was when the phrase symbiotic <laughs> was mentioned. <laughs> When we're trying to make a comedy series, <laughs> symbiotic and comedy, they don't go together that well. But it was one of those, because this is always happening. You always hear, I remember a bloke took over the comedy department at the ABC a few years ago, and he's got, oh, I've got a great idea. We're going to do the seven deadly sins, and we'll get Lano and Woodley to do one of the deadly yes, sins. Yes, I and remember And we'll get Glenn Robinson. Yes. You're going, no, 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 put your idea away. Just ask Lano and Woodley what they want to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it would make more sense. <laughs> go but, and do some typing. Yes. But um, but anyway, that show did go to air in some form, mm-hmm. and I was a big fan of a lot of it. I love the idea of mini squash, oh, like mini two blokes squash. trying to play squash <laughs> yeah. in a corridor. Yeah, and that was just that was just a freakish <laughs> bit of luck that we happened to find a squash centre that had movable walls. I went, hang on, roll, roll camera on that bad boy. I okay. get some gold out of that. So, Craig, you've had an ugly experience in the television business. I'm assuming this is why you run a pub. Correct. Yeah, as most of us do. <laughs> Uh, is, it fun, is it good running a pub? Mick Malloy's told me he's always wanted to run his own pub. Oh, it's great fun. Yeah. It's, a, it's a hoot running a pub. Um, just getting people drunk. You know, it's like having a, a party at your house. Every Except day. they give you money. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and pay your bills. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful pub, the one that you run, but I notice there's a cat running around everywhere. We have a pub cat. Yeah. Uh, called Puss. <laughs> uh, drinks Jamisons. Really? And, uh, oh, he's off his guts most of the time don't let him drive no and do you as you run the pub do you have to have these uh, controversial awas do you have to strike up uh, workplace agreements with your staff um no 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 it's pretty much you know get behind the bar we don't bother with anything legal like that um there's no uh, no formal certificates required just get behind the pub and you know pour beers because there was a big protest in melbourne yesterday well there was protests all around the country uh, obviously, and uh, against the IR legislation. But uh, have a listen to Brian Boyd, the Trades Hall Secretary in Melbourne. Don Howard is as welcome in Melbourne today as a yellow-bellied black snake in a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting worked up. <laughs> so I think that anything on today's show can be described as... A yellow-bellied black snake in a barbecue. <laughs> the funny thing is that that's his normal speaking voice. <laughs> What about the Give kids? me a cup of tea, will you, love? <laughs> I need a cup of tea. <laughs> and I have two sugars and a yellow belly black snake and a barbecue. <laughs> what about those kids with their fruit bazooka? Did He's you see a, that? Oh, oh, kid, I want to make one now. Kids invented, uh, they got a two metre section of, uh, you know, PVC piping. And I don't know what sort of technology they bunged in there, but they were able... Well, let's have a listen to the trajectory and range and capabilities of this weapon. They fired oranges and potatoes up to 90 metres. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And they were firing them at fruit bats in a public reserve. Wow. And, I want to know how often Mal Walden uses that phrase. <laughs> they fired oranges and potatoes at 90 metres. Well, of course, the concept of doing that would be as welcome as, as what, Mr Marsler? The yellow belly black snake in a bar! But they, uh, they had a a couple of things about that story. First, I love it when you see moody young schoolboys who've been forced to wear a suit uh, coming out of court Mm. and they've already untucked the shirt and sort of shuffling along so they look a bit cool, like maybe I'll look like the Strokes. And then the other thing is, (laughs) the other thing is the excuse. You know, what exactly was the reason for building a fruit bazooka? Of course, the answer is, 
Sounds great. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. A combination of two beautiful words. <laughs> a fruit bazooka. Just saying it is enjoyable. But listen to this. The students say they're only testing out a physics theory. No, no of course. See, anything could be a physics theory. It's a learning experience. I have to ingest this huge amount of marijuana <laughs> because I'm testing a physics theory. Remember that one, kids. I only wanted to check what the safe levels of pseudoephedrine are. <laughs> Oh, pseudoephedrine, that's as welcome as... The yellow belly black snake in a barbecue! Let's get this program underway. Where's my teeth? <laughs> it's Pete Murray and his opportunity here to get this on Triple M, where our co-host is comedian Craig Eagle. Uh, Craig, have you got kids? I do, too. Is that a nightmare? Mm. <laughs> Can be. Can be at times. You, you learn. You learn many things. You learn about uh, how much they do and don't respect you at times. Right, how old are we talking? Four and two. Oh, gee, what yeah. must that be like? Have they got their own mobile phones yet? No, no. But that asked. must be coming. They've asked. asked. <laughs> they've asked. Uh, my son, Charlie, my four-year-old, will be listening now. Just want to send a quick cheerio. Charlie, put that down. Leave your brother alone. <laughs> I had a wonderful moment uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, doing a bit of a handyman around the house. I like to think of myself as a handyman. Yes. Um, I'm crap, but right. uh, like most blokes, I thought, well, no, I'll get out and do a bit of stuff. Have a go. Have a go. And uh, the front gate needed a bit of fixing. Uh, took the boy down to the uh, large hardware store that he adores. Right. Rows and rows of man things. <laughs> and uh, came home and was uh, fixing the gate. And it was cold, cold, wintry day. Mm. Cold and ice and I'm wearing leather gloves. And I had to actually bang a nail into the metal fencing, like, uh, support of the gate. Right. You couldn't get someone else in to do that? No. No. Okay. That's what I'm there for. Okay. And uh, a bit of a mishap, and I hit my thumb with the hammer mm. so hard, mm. I couldn't actually think of a swear word to suit. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing came to mind, just this weird noise of... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my son said to me, should I go and get mum? And I said, no, I'm fine. He said, no, no, to finish the gate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, straight back down to earth. Thank you, son. It's great when well, your own kids take the piss out of you. Yeah. That must be a moment. Yeah. I blame his mother. I see. No. Nah. Well, uh, we don't have... Well, I'm just speaking of pain, <laughs> would it have been as bad as being bitten on the leg by Axel Rose? <laughs> see what... I think not. <laughs> we were playing footage. We had some footage of Axel about a week ago in yeah. South America doing a concert where um, singing was clearly just beyond him. Mm. So he did that thing of just a lot of aerobics. Just running around the stage. <laughs> bike shorts. Colour and move bike shorts. Mm. People mm. won't notice that I'm not actually doing any singing. Mm. But he's then gone to Stockholm, and uh, this is a couple of days ago now, and allegedly bit a security guard on the leg outside his hotel. Uh, Rose was intoxicated during the confrontation, which broke out at about 8am. Oh, that's mm. always a good time. He's had a big night, hasn't he? <laughs> for a few drinks and a bite of a security guard. What would it feel like to be bitten on the leg by Axel Rose? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be as welcome as... The yellow belly black snake in a barbecue! Oh. <laughs> do, they, do they actually use the word appetite for destruction in the leg-biting uh, I'll headline? bet they do, I'm sure. No, it's wheels fall off axle. Mm. Oh, nice. Wouldn't you have guessed that one? Nice. Explains the weight gain. Erection payout. There's a headline that grabs your attention. From Rhode Island, a former handyman has won more than 400 grand in a lawsuit over a penile implant that gave him a 10-year erection. Hmm. I saw this as well. That's just high school, isn't it? <laughs> Ten years. I mean, it, 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 you know, be someone who you'd want around when you'd need support for an idea. I mean, Dave likes the idea. Look, 
<laughs> Dave's enthusiastic. <laughs> Check it out. Hey, Dave, come in here. See, Dave likes the idea. Part of his reasoning in court, apparently, was that he could no longer hug people. <laughs> That's what it says. Ride a bike. <laughs> Swim or wear bathing trunks. Yes. And I, my, my question is, how far into the 10 years did the riding a bike become difficult? <laughs> was it two years? Was it eight years? Was it the third tour to France? He went, no, stuff this. This is uncomfortable. I'm going to give this the flick. Gee, I'd, I'd like to be riding a bike. Yes, Dave, we can see you'd like to be riding a bike. You're very enthusiastic about the idea of riding a bike. But he's very popular going camping now. And if you need to change a tyre in the car, he's always there. <laughs> He became a recluse, and his lawyer says he is uncomfortable being around his grandchildren. Mm. Or fine china, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, keep an eye out for that bloke. You won't be able to miss him. Hey, look, uh, you know, comedy characters. We didn't, Do we have enough comedy characters no. on the show? We no, don't really have any. So. No. no, we need more. More comedy characters. I was thinking of... I know it wasn't very popular when we were doing Martin Malloy, but I was thinking of bringing back my Scottish stuntman. Oh, it's a classic. Evil McNeville. <laughs> so I have actually recorded it. Can you just play that sketch for us now, sure Richard, thing. if you could? What's happening? Um, no, sorry, Tone, it's not... Oh, uh, don't tell me. Is, even the computer is, doesn't yeah, like that oh, character. Richard, sorry, what is Tony. going on? Oh, what, are we, what are we going to do? This is really annoying. Sorry, Tony. We're currently experiencing technical difficulties here at Triple M. We apologise for this brief break in Nickelback. Sadly, this is the only music available. But not to worry, listeners, I do have a selection of lyrics here, and it seems we can continue with the music as scheduled, using this, the only available backing track. Here we go. Like your pants around your feet Like the dirt that's on your knees Like the way you still say please While you're looking up at me You're like my favourite damn disease What about those three wise men? Gotta send me by the sea Gotta ask yourself a question Where are you now? Reflex is an only child Reflex waiting in the park Reflex is in charge of finding treasure in the dark Safety dance! We can dance if we want to We can leave your friends behind If your friends don't dance then they're no friends of mine I could walk 500 miles I could walk 500 more Just to be the man who walked 1,000 miles To fall down at your door Give us some iron maiden In the mist, dark figures twist Six, six, six Was this real some kind of hell? Six, six, six Six, six, six The number of the beast Hell and fire was spawned to be Get this. Let's hope those boys can get their lives back on track and make up for the damage they've done. For Mrs. Olivia Buckley of Cherry Brook on Triple M. Oh, it's Triple M. It's Get This. Of course it is. And uh, radio's most informed football segment with Ed Cavalier is coming next. Is there any point in continuing with the World Cup? Well, we are. 
Guitar very much, Queen. Let's get this on Triple M. Tony Martin, Richard Marsland, and today Craig Eagle helping us out. Uh, mm. Craig, do you follow that, uh, what's it called again, the World Cup soccer? Not anymore. Uh, were you no. disappointed? All done. All done. Disappointed. Yeah. I think I was uh, disappointed uh, on a couple of fronts this week. One with the World Cup. Yes. Two with the axing of Big Brother adults only. Mm. <laughs> I can't work out which one makes me feel worse. Um, what about, so what happened with the World Cup is corruption, basically. It was uh, oh, shonk. It's a farce. It's a farce. Conspiracy theories, or yeah. were Australia genuinely dudded? Is that? I think we're genuinely dudded. I actually saw a, a clip online recently uh, of a photograph that was taken and uh, of an Italian player diving into a swimming pool, <laughs> right? With a big sign behind him, "No diving, please." Oh. <laughs> and uh, apparently, that was being used pre-World Cup to train the Italian athletes because even the Italians are sick of it. We weren't supporting the Socceroos here on this program. I don't know anything about soccer, so I figured, you know, I don't want to be one of these bandwagon jumpers. No, you get punched in the face, apparently, if that happens. Yeah. So we got behind Togo with their brilliant German coach, Otto Fister, <laughs> and even they've uh, hit the deck. Yeah, Togo never made it too. World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> but we are persisting with the constant Fister updates. Fister. Fister. As we cross to our man in Berlin, Ed Cavalli, can you hear us? Ah, uh, yes. Good morning, everyone. How are you? What's happening? Where are you today? Uh, mate, I'm actually I'm at a bar. It's a Chinese Irish rock bar called White Trash. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on there? Oh, I just had a John Doe burger, which was pretty good. Uh, and now we're just we're, we're drinking. Uh, it's called it's called a trashed Russian, and it's coffee. It's iced coffee, Kahlua, vodka, and ice. And that's the uh, that's the drink of choice. But if we get bored here, we can always go next door to the Castle, which is an S and M club. <laughs> I don't know why not there now, Ed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, Otto will and, be um, there. Oh, that auto! I tell you, he's out of the news now, unfortunately. Yeah, see, it's all out of the news. Are there still Australians lurking about there, or have they just yeah, all? Kind of under the under the kind of you know radar and they've kind of gone away. And yesterday we had a visit from my friend Luke, who used to be on the street team up in Sydney, and he arrived with like a beard and long hair and like the best tan ever. And my friend said to us, said to him, "Look, mate, I'm really jealous of you know you've got this one tan. How did you get it?" And to which Luke responded, I've been sleeping in a park for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so this, rather than a series of sports reports, this is just the Black Thunder team cutting yeah. loose in Europe, <laughs> porky <laughs> style. Mm. <laughs> hey, you should, you should listen to, you know, the kind of letters that uh, people are writing into the paper about the World Cup. Uh, this is to the Melbourne... Why, what are they saying? This is someone uh, called Go Aussies of Wodonga, who's written yeah, yeah. to the Melbourne Herald Sun today and said, After the soccer... My lasagna suddenly tastes foul. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like turning on Italian foods. Yeah, that's the way. We have to call it like, um, what do they do? They, we have to call it like freedom pasta or something instead, you know? It's like they did to the fridge. Hey, we, hey, you know how you like an insider? I know your two favourite things in the world, Tony, are insiders and James mm. Blunt. Right? And there's this, German, um, uh, there's this German kind of like, you know, tabloid magazine called Glamour or something. And my friend Dan, who's translating for us, I got him to translate a quote. This is this is what they this is what an insider has quoted for, uh, for old Jimmy Blunt. It says, "Jimmy is no Jimmy laughs constantly. He can't believe the happiness his music is bringing to the world." 
Really? Is, do you think yeah. he's... Are people lying to him, do you suppose? Well, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he starts a concert tour in Berlin in like three days. Like the day after I leave, James Blunt gets here, and I think that's probably fair enough. <laughs> are you a big fan of James Blunt, Craig? I love him. I can't get enough of him. Listen, here's a quote. I've got a quote uh, for you from James Blunt that was in the Who magazine here. Oh, yes. And he says, To all the bastards who don't like what? my music, you're man. all adults. You can switch your radio off. I'm the one who sings it, and it's continued to get me laid. Oh, no. <laughs> so Play that's on. apparently cool. how Blunty bags the ladies into the boat. Just goes up behind them in a nightclub and, where are you now? <laughs> Gets him over back to his semi by the sea, as it were. <laughs> He's instantly cracking a semi by the sea. Uh, Ed, Ed uh, Craig Eagle, just uh, uh, how are you, mate? Hey, just Craig. a couple of uh, quick questions for you. Uh, yep. Obviously, in the news here, we've seen a little bit of footage of uh, you know hooliganism in Germany. Uh, two quick questions. Uh, have you witnessed any hooliganism firsthand? And secondly, have you been involved in any hooliganism firsthand? <laughs> Um, well, the night is young, but no, uh, no, I haven't witnessed any, but Luke told me a story that he told me not to tell on air, which I'm about to, where he got kicked off a train, him and a friend got kicked off a train in, uh, in Spain, because his friend, um, With the rain? Yeah, on the planes. Uh, his friend, uh, his friend started to go to the bathroom in a public area on the train. Uh, and then he, they got thrown off the train and he hit three times around the head with a baton. And when Luke was telling me the story, he finished it with, and mate, he had, you know, and then he hit me on the back of the head with a baton. And I said, well, you were winging on his train. And he said, yeah, but three times. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Hey, uh, well, Ed. Fair enough. Ed, what, yep. you know, given that the air has sort of gone out of the World Cup balloon, uh, what yep. can you give us in the way of sizzle for tomorrow's report? Well, mate, ich bin ein Berliner. We are, uh, you know, I am a donut. We are official German fans as, as, as we speak now. I've, I'm, I'm on the bandwagon and I'm, you know, Deutschland, Deutschland, Uber us. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm on board. You've gone to the other side. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ed. We've got a program to be getting on with. Oh, okay, then. <laughs> Back to white trash for me, then. <laughs> it's a little hurt. Yes, the girl's happy. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll check in with you again tomorrow. See ya. Bye. My life, my dream, nothing's gonna stop now. Hot Fister. And next up on Get This, we want to find out, what do you do? I saw you singing along with that one, Mr. Marsland. That was Huber Stank, if I were you here at uh, Get This on Triple M with uh, myself, Tony Martin, Richard Marsland, and Craig Eagle co-hosting today. What did you think of that World Cup report? Very informed. <laughs> Very informed. He knows his football. What can I say? We weren't prepared for the idea that Australia and Togo would be knocked out of the, you know, is it a tournament? Is that mm. what I meant to call it? Um, yes. Officially, yes. Okay, early. So we've somehow got to fill these segments just so that um, Ed can continue to claim tax credits for what is clearly just a holiday. Yeah. So he wants people to... Um, I know, you know, we're going to persist with it. Continuing to do a World Cup report in, in the current climate might seem as welcome as... The yellow belly black snake in a barbecue! But we are going to persist. So what Ed wants you to do is go to our website, uh, go to his page, and give him some suggestions of things he can do in Berlin. He's going to take any challenge you're going to submit to him. <laughs> so he claims. So 
That's a good idea. Have a crack at that. I'm looking for stories in the paper. What about uh, Boy George? Remember Boy George? Mm. Singer Boy George was threatened with prison yesterday for failing to complete a community service sentence because he wanted to do something less humiliating than raking leaves. Gee, wouldn't anything be less humiliating than calling the cops to your house to report the theft of one of your 14 bags of cocaine? Which is what he did. Remember, that was the yeah. case. Yeah. That was the story. Yeah. He's gone, one of my 14 bags of cocaine has gone missing. I'll get the police in to sort it out. They've come around and they've gone, one of my bags is missing. And they've gone, well, who's these other 13? Not mine. Oh, <laughs> my friend who's not here anymore. He admitted to falsely reporting a burglary, avoiding more serious charges of drug possession, but now they want him to rake leaves, and he doesn't want to do that. His lawyer says if the singer were forced to sweep streets in a park, it would turn into a media circus, as opposed to the rest of his career. <sighs> and frankly, there are a lot more offences that he's committed over the years that he should have been charged with earlier. <laughs> yes, that war song, for example. Fashion sense. Uh, George rose from supermarket shelf stacker to international pop star in 1982 with the song Do You Really Want to Hurt Me, which topped the charts in 18 countries. Culture Club went on to sell almost 20 million albums. Later, he made a new career as a disc jockey and idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, So keep an eye out for Boy George Raking Leaves. Hey, that's an odd job, isn't it? Yeah. Being Boy George. Mm. Let's get up the mountain. <laughs> That's what we're talking about today. People with weird jobs. What's a, I tell you, a weird job being a celebrity insider. Yeah. But listen to this, Angelina and uh, Brad. Oh, someone's stolen the baby shower photos. Yeah. That'd be one of those insiders, those Namibians. That is a weird job being an insider. Stalking John Cusack. That would be a weird job. Mm. He's got a stalker. Oh. Would it be considered a job? Would you be paid to stalk <laughs> John Cusack or indeed any celebrity? Would you get an income? That'd be an hourly rate. Surely. You could get an ABN number. <laughs> Every woman I know is stalking John Cusack. They yeah, love John yeah, Cusack. John Cusack, yeah. It was that film, it was Say Anything, where he held the, the Peter pe Gabriel, the Peter Gabriel the song up in the air. I think um, on Conan O'Brien they did a montage of all the movies that John Cusack has been stuck in the rain. And you look at John Cusack movies and there's always a scene where he's in the rain either crying or just some sort of emotional um, breakdown. Get inside, Cusack, you'll yeah. catch your death. <laughs> but he's being stalked by a woman called, uh, oh, what's her second name? Emily Leatherman. Hang on. So Emily, she's so, stalking me. <laughs> she really? She's, she's been calling. Been chased by the Leatherman. But that's, every article just says things like, Cusack said he had never met Leatherman. <laughs> Leatherman interested in Cusack. Well, and how did you know that she was stalking him? Oh, because she's been flinging things over ah. his back fence. What are, have you found a weird job there, Craig? A uh, very strange job, of course, sword swallowing. That is a weird job. Yeah. No, it's a job that I wouldn't want. Uh, lovely story coming out of uh, Minnesota. Spectators at the Magic Renaissance Festival got more of a show than they bargained for when sword swallower Edmund Cardona, 52, accidentally belched up a sabre. <laughs> That oh. impaled audience member Mike Griffin, 26. <laughs> that has got to be made up. Belched no, no, up a, a sabre. Belched up a sabre. Burped up a scimitar. It happened so fast, I didn't know what hit me, Griffin <laughs> said. I'm tipping a sabre hit you, you goose. 
But when somebody swallows a sword, there's usually the handle bit still sticking out. It's not like you could swallow a sword, forget about it, and then belch it up go, later. Oh, on, what was that? <laughs> I don't um, remember reading that. But the, uh, but the quote from uh, Edmund uh, that sums up the uh, particular incident, gas is a sword swallower's greatest enemy. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm tipping lack of formal training would be its greatest enemy, or indeed, the sword itself. <laughs> the sword. I reckon the sword is the sword swallower's biggest enemy. It's got to be. It's sharp and pointy. Yeah. Here's a weird and job. It's in your gut. <laughs> Don't forget that. Actors hired to abuse bus drivers. In Sydney, the state transit people are paying people to give government bus drivers a verbal pummeling. Actors and frequent bus travellers are being hired to pose as irate customers in the taxpayer-funded project. Successful applicants will get twenty three sixteen an hour to just abuse bus drivers to prepare them for the public relations warfare they face on the streets. Mm. So just standing there, yelling at a bus driver oh. for 23 bucks an hour. Not bad. What a dream gig! It's great. But what would you yell at them? What, personal blights or I Anything just... at all. Yeah. Where'd you get your licence, pal? Cool! Kind of yeah. <laughs> but just, it, it, because it's things that they're going to be experiencing in public, and they're going to be bus drivers, and they're going to be working late at night, just could be anything. Vegetables! <laughs> <laughs> Is it just on the bus, or can I follow them home? <laughs> You could do that. Your house needs painting! <laughs> You've got to be acclimatised. You could give them the same mouthful that you could say that they're. The yellow belly black snake in a barbecue! <laughs> you could do that. Get well, that that'll be barbecues. used a lot. Oh, look, we, you know, we've done a bit of acting. How good would that be for a get? I'd do that. Yeah. The acting would be great. If, we could, if they'd include uh, parking officers as well, that you'd see the best acting of all time. Oh. You'd do it for free for a few weeks, though. <laughs> just to acclimatise yourself. Oh, I'd drop my rate. Yeah. Ah. Just for vocal warm ups, you'd do it. <laughs> Okay, this is what we want to hear about. Have you got a weird job? Have you got an odd job? Something, uh, you know, akin to sword swallowing or abusing bus drivers. Give Craig, Richard and myself a call. Uh, tell us, what do you do? One triple three five three. That'd be the choir, boys. You know that. Uh, it's Run to Paradise. It's tr- Get this, it's Triple M. It's all happening. We're up the mountain today. <laughs> Craig Eagle's up there with us. So is Richard Marsland, and we're finding out what do you do? Who's going first, Richard? Uh, are you there, Chelsea? Yes, I am. What do you do? I'm a pole dance teacher for Pole Stars, and I, da- and I dance in Fortitude Valley in um, the Fringe Bar. I teach there. Ah, so very good. This well, is you. in Brisbane? Yes. And look, uh, when you say, what did you say the name of the company is? It's Pole Stars, and pole it's Stars. Australia-wide. Actually, it's around the world. <laughs> and how hard is it a skill to learn? Um, some of the moves, some of the moves are quite tricky, but most people can do a lot of the moves, mm. and it's and a are lot you of fun. Talking professionals coming in, uh, seeking, you know, modifying their technique, wanting a few pointers, or are we just talking people from the general public? No, I'm talking general public, um, housewives. But do you get any uh, males? Everyday people. Do you get any male? Members There's the no males allowed in at the moment. But Sorry, Richard. Clearly my weekend shot. How, how many lessons does it take to become, you know, good, Chelsea? Um oh it took it took me a couple of it took me a year or so to get good. To master I mean how many hours on the pole as it were? Sorry? How many hours on the pole to become, you know, a reasonable pole dancer? Um oh god, I'd say twenty. Right. And can anyone just be... Fa- do you ever take someone aside and say, it's just not working, it's just not for you? <laughs> Failing grade. 
No, no, I just get I just get bossier. Right, okay. <laughs> I just get bossier with how they're going to have their arms and and I'm sure they like that. Yeah. Oh, they, they love it. It's great for confidence. <laughs> and what and do you get at the end? A certificate? Yes, you do. And you, and just... you can put it on your wall. Oh right, I thought you might stick it down the front of their underpants. <laughs> and a showgirls no, DVD. Some of them say they're going to put it in their resume. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, uh, Richard Marsland is going to slip yep. into a cocktail frock and he'll be down for lessons after the program. Ready to go. I'm going to own this town. Down in Fortitude Valley uh, in Brisbane, which is the only place I've ever seen someone do that thing in a movie where you open up your coat and there's a load of watches in there. Really? <laughs> I actually saw that for real. I was coming out of Fletch. That's how long ago it was Uh, Thank you very much Chelsea I think Vincent's on the line Vincent have you got a bizarre job? Yeah when I was uh, It was actually my first job I was employed at the Royal Melbourne show Inside the Horror Train 2000 I used to walk around in a a skeleton suit Which was a pair of overalls with fluorescent stripes on it With a plastic skull on a stick And my job was to scare people (laughs) And did you have to go to a course for that as well? Uh, no, no, I'm, pr- I'm sort of a pretty scary type of guy anyway, so it sort of came natural. But um, it, was, it was probably the best fun I've ever had working. You know, mm. it was two weeks of um, a, a very enjoyable, a lot of job satisfaction and, and uh, quite a few screens. <laughs> a lot so of touching. <laughs> Inspiring yeah. fear. I actually took my four-year-old on the, uh, for the Royal Melbourne show on the ghost train. Right. And uh, there was a bloke who, you know, had the same job in there and, and loved it. Do you think Lo- your four-year-old was frightened by Vincent? No, he just basically said, can you stop that now? My daddy's frightened. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept, he kept coming back. He had one crack and I went, whoa. And then he had another dip. And then on the third go, I said, can you just not anymore, please? <laughs> <laughs> and Vincent, do you ever get told off? Do you never get, you know, taken aside? Uh, yes, part of the part of the um, the art of being a good a good scarer is to be able to jump out at the right time. If you jump out too early, then it's not as frightening. So mm. you need perfect timing to do this job well. <laughs> Sounds like the person that was helping you had very poor timing. If you <laughs> <laughs> not up to scratch. That was a substandard ghost train. <laughs> Uh, look, we would love to keep talking to all the other people we have on the line, but we're going to have to sign off again. I'm really sorry to the man whose job involved pigs, and I won't, I won't say any more. Maybe we'll get him back. See, this is that song at the top of the show. That's what it's doing to us. Oh, I'm really sorry. Thank you for coming in, Craig Eagle. It was lovely to be here. Thanks, Tony. Thanks to everyone who did call. Thank you, Ed Cavalli. And I think our key phrase today was... The yellow belly black snake in a barbecue! We'll be back tomorrow to wind up the week with Matt Parkinson. Parko! And it's all thanks to Mrs. Olivia Buckley of Cherrybrook.